Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1111, air date September 21st, 2022. Hello everyone, this is Dr. V. Shivaya. Oops, I gotta. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Shivaya Dure. Hope uh, everyone's doing well. Good morning. Uh, we've been delayed a little bit. Uh, so, we're gonna be talking today about something really, I think that's very, very important that the news media is really doing a really disservice to the American public, um, to the European public, everywhere. And it's uh, and not covering this in any reputable way. It's in many ways uh, just lies that are being spread. But I want to give the sort of the summary of Putin's 921 speech, a speech he just gave this morning, at 8 a.m. Moscow time and what it really means to the world. So that's what we're going to be discussing. And it's important to understand this because um, it appears to most people who actually study this closely that NATO and the United States are more interested in war uh, than they are interested in resolving something. So uh, someone says, hola, Adore, uh, great to have you. Uh, Manuel Verdugo, uh, buenos dias to you also. Um, good morning to you also, Day uh, Day Tudor, great to have you guys. Um, but what I wanna talk about today is what this actually means um, his speech. And if you go look at it, if you just do a little bit of research, you'll find out that Putin was going to give the speech. And then he decided that he wanted to really give the speech at 8 a.m. Moscow time to reach all of Russia. If you know, Russia is a very, very big country and he wanted to uh, hit all the time zones. The U.S. media immediately took this on the occasion to say, oh, you know, uh, Putin backed out of giving his speech, essentially attacking him for whatever, for not doing a speech on time. And you can just see sort of the virulence, the one-sided behavior of journalism. Journalists are supposed to tell the truth, as are intellectuals. So what's gone on in the world right now is the mainstream journalists, there's no one who tells the truth. It looks like they're just an arm of government propaganda, which is what we used to talk about China and Russia. And very few intellectuals in academia say anything. Um, so it basically becomes... Um, falls on our movement to really tell people what's going on, or the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Um, good morning to all of you. Great to have you. Uh, yes, time for some learning, and uh, good to have you. So what we want to talk about is, so Putin gave a speech yesterday, and to me, I think this is a probably a, a, a very major speech, and I'll tell you why. Let's look at the history of what took place uh, in um, Europe, with NATO, with the U.S., and with the Soviet Union. In 1992, right, 1994 in that period, is when the Soviet Union collapsed, okay? And when the Soviet Union collapsed, um, Gorbachev, who was the head of the Soviet Union, when, when I say collapsed, the Soviet Union was a union of a number of different countries, Russia being one country, the Baltic states, Latvia, 
Um, and you can go look at all the different uh, Lithuania, uh, uh, Belarus, and these countries were, uh, which were part of this union called the Soviet Union, which came out of the 1917 Russian Revolution, essentially were atomized. Okay, uh, Anjuska, great. We have uh, one of our Truth Freedom Health Warrior Scholars from Finland uh, touching base. Great to have you. Um, and the agreement that was made between George W. Bush Sr., H.W. Bush, Herbert Walker Bush, and Gorbachev was the following. And I've done videos on this before, but to just to keep it simple, um, if here at this point, let's say, uh, this point is, um, let's say over here is Germany, over here, that it was decided that the United States would never um, go anywhere east of Germany, okay? The United States, when what that meant was, if Germany was sort of the bounding line, that the United States, e.g. NATO, let's be honest, NATO and uh, NATO equals the United States. So anyone who thinks NATO is different than the United States is sort of living in la-la land, okay? If you look at how the, um, the United States gives the most amount of money to NATO. So um, it was decided that an agreement was made between Gorbachev and, you know, as gentlemen, um, as heads of state, um, that there would be no uh, movement of NATO east of Germany. So you want to write that down, okay? That there would be no movement east of Germany, all right? So NATO would not get other countries to join NATO east of Germany, which means it would be impinging or threatening Russia. Up until that point, you'll notice that there were, NATO really came out of World War II. It was an alliance of countries to defend against aggression from the Soviet Union, okay? So France, you know, um, uh, the United States, London, uh, or UK, etc. All right. But the agreement was after that uh, fall of the Soviet Union, that the United States and NATO would never go east of Germany. This is very, very important. Okay, that's the first thing. But immediately after that, the United States and NATO started going east of Germany, and they started um, bringing these other countries into NATO, Latvia, the Baltic states, uh, Hungary, and so on. Okay, exactly. Roger Schein says, yes, no movement east of Germany. The Soviet Union was still sort of reassessing all this. Russia was starting to reorganize. So they were sort of didn't know how to react. And when Gorbachev brought up to George Herbert Walker Bush, President Bush at the time, hey, what are you doing? He said, oh, that was just a verbal agreement, right? This is very similar to how the U.S. establishment treated the Native Americans. Ah, well, those are just agreements. We don't really need to follow them. So anyway, over the years, what's happened is that if Russia is here, all of these Baltics, uh, Russia is here, all of these Baltic states have been um, joining NATO step by step by step by step. Most recently, Sweden and Finland were asked or voted to join NATO. And this is right on the border of Russia. Okay. But this is what's been leading up to this. Ukraine is completely on the border of Russia. 
And the Ukrainian people, if you look back, were essentially Russians. All right. All right. So now in 2014, something very interesting took place. A uh, Several months before that, or a year, several years before that, in Ukraine, a pro-Russian president was elected by the Ukrainian people. So Ukraine, a pro-Russian president was elected democratically by the Ukrainian people. Well, Obama, McCain, and all these guys, they essentially did a coup. We supported, funded, financed someone to oust that guy, get rid of him, because he was against U.S. interests. And we installed in a president in Ukraine who many of the Ukrainians considered, particularly in the east of Ukraine, a Nazi. Okay? Very, very important to understand this. That was in 2014. Most of the eastern Ukrainians considered this a coup that was architected by the United States. Remember, the United States imperialism has a history of conducting coups all over the world. Just need to talk to anyone from Latin America. Chile, you know, go across El Salvador, Nicaragua, you know, and so on and so on. And those on the right wing need to wake the F up. And before they just start attacking immigrants, why they're coming here, understand that it was U.S. imperialism, which did cause the immigration problem. And if you really want to stop the immigration problem, then the U.S. elites and establishment and imperialists need to stop going and putting in dictators, brutal dictators, for example, in Central America. But in Ukraine, we essentially did this thing in a soft-pedaled way. We financed and essentially installed a neo-Nazi, pro-neo-Nazi president. Now, why is this important? Well, First of all, all of us in the United States think we're against fascism, right? Which the U.S. people are. But the U.S. elites under the leadership of Obama did this. Okay. So um, what ended up happening out of this is in eastern Ukraine, in the provinces of uh, Luhansk and Donetsk, and there's a couple of others, the people there got very, very upset. Why did they get upset? The reason they got upset Again, we need to go study history. We have to appreciate and recognize that it is the Russian people who won World War II. It wasn't America. I'm sorry. A lot of our soldiers, working people died. But if it wasn't for the Russians fighting, 25 million Russians fought and died fighting Nazis. Now, in the eastern part of Russia which was these areas or the eastern part of Ukraine, Russians, uh, Donetsk and Luhansk and these places, these were just a few generations ago, the people there remember their parents or grandparents fighting the Nazis. They shed their blood. Many Russians, every Russian probably has one or somebody that they know in their own families, including Putin, who, who fought Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. We would be run by the Nazis today if it wasn't for the Russian people. Pure fact. And this is not taught in American books anywhere. And it should be. And it should be taught in all world history. We owe a great deal of gratitude 
um, to the Russian people. The people, I'm not talking about the government, but the Russian people. And you have to understand because when the workers' revolution did occur in Russia, um, there was a, a, a real hatred against fascism, okay? There's a whole history in Russia we can go to a different point, but in World War II, it was the Russian people who lost the most number of lives. In one battle, in the Battle of Stalingrad, you know, two million Russians died fighting the Nazis with pots and pans out on the streets. That's the vigor in which the which the Russians fought, okay? Okay, so this is a background. So when the United States did this coup under the leadership of Obama in Ukraine, this really pissed off the Ukrainians in the East, okay? They were very, very upset. And they um, uh, wanted uh, their own region, okay? All right. Russia was very reticent. Russia didn't really even get involved in this, okay? Meaning they knew these people were, you know, sort of ethnic origins to Russians, but they were very careful. Anyway, a number of agreements were proposed to support the ethnic, essentially, people of those provinces on the east in the, in the Ukraine. And one of those was the Minsk II Agreement, M-I-N-S-K II Agreement, which I've talked about before, okay? The Minsk II Agreement. All right. And what the Minsk II Agreement was basically a way to ameliorate a potential World War III. And a lot of very smart people said, hey, the United States and the United Kingdom should work with Russia to sign Minsk II. What was Minsk II? M-I-N-S-K II agreement, okay? The Minsk II agreement basically, okay, here's Ukraine. Why don't we take the people on the East who don't re are really pissed off with you and create a state? Like in the United States, we have many states, create a, a sort of a republic, give them so Ukrainians would still, the Ukrainian government could still say they didn't split. They're still part of Ukraine, but they have a federal government. They get representatives in parliament, et cetera. A very rational agreement. In fact, Russia said we will also support that agreement and we won't, um, you know, go, you know, anywhere to the, uh, uh, to the West, you know, of Russia into that province. Anyway, it didn't happen. The U.S. dragged its feet. The United Kingdom dragged its feet. And many, many people are saying, please sign the Minsk II agreement. It'll stop any escalation of war in that region. Well, the U.S. did nothing. In fact, what was really happening was through various means, including Trump, you know, um, Ukraine got weapons. And they started literally attacking the people in, in those eastern provinces. And that was done in very horrible ways, which none of the U.S. media ever reported. It was truly, in some ways, genocidal. And Putin was not exaggerating when he talked about this. So Russia was hoping the Minsk II agreement would get signed. They were going back to the U.N. back and forth. Meanwhile, these people in those provinces in the eastern part of Russia, Luhansk and Donetsk, are being hammered away by Zelensky now, okay? Um, so it was basically at a certain point, Russia did an operation. They never called it a war to support those people. 
And that's what we have the Ukrainian-Russia events today, all right? What's really happened was this could have been resolved, and now we're talking about escalation to nuclear war, the use of tactical weapons, nuclear reactors blowing up. And meanwhile, the United States has sent, I think, 15 billion, 50 billion, right, to Ukraine. I have to look up, look up the numbers so I don't, my numbers may not be, but tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine. Same with the UK. And they are essentially creating the conditions for World War III. And others have spoken about this also in terms of what the conditions that are being created. That's what's being created right now. And meanwhile, the U.S. got and the U.K. got Finland and Sweden also to join. And we, we have some of our Finnish Truth, Freedom and Health warriors on here. And they'll tell you that nearly 80,000 people in Finland signed a, th um, uh, a statement not to join NATO. So you have and, and you have the Finnish prime minister who is just partying around and doing whatever the hell she wants. She's just in many ways an agent for NATO. All right. So we have this. So Russia, from their standpoint, is being now surrounded by U.S. and NATO. OK. And why is this important? Because Russia has massive amount of minerals massive amounts of oil and gas. In fact, today, Saudi Arabia is importing oil from Russia. And for many years, U.S. and British imperialism, like vultures, have eyed Russia as something that should be invaded and potentially even taken over. So now, since 1992, the promise of George Walker Bush has been completely broken. Russia is essentially fully surrounded. Ukraine is a launching pad for the next final mobilization as far as NATO sees it. So yesterday's speech, or today, this morning's speech, 8 a.m. Moscow time, that, um, that uh, Putin gave is very very important speech. Why? Because the people in the region in Ukraine, four regions now in the eastern part of Ukraine, um, have voted to have a referendum. What is a referendum? A referendum means that all the people will vote and they're going to vote to become their own nation, their own republic, okay? The Republic of Luhansk, the Republic of Donetsk, etc. And according to the United Nations Charter, which is signed by the UN, any people have the right to national self-determination. This is called the national question. The right, so for example, according to the UN Charter, if the people of Massachusetts wanted to say, hey, we're, we believe we're a unique people, we have a different language, we don't feel any uh, camaraderie to the United States, we want to be our own nation, the United Nations is, support this, is, is, is supposed to support such a referendum. If the people of California want to be their own nation, the people of Texas, if the people of South India, this is the, known as a right of self-determination. And to make this very clear is that after the Russian Revolution 1972, Lenin, who obviously the um, everyone thinks he was some crazy guy, but Finland wanted to become its own nation. OK, what um, what Lenin's theory was, was that, hey, if you are your own people, and you want to have the rights to create your own nation, you have the right to. So even though he could have kept through war, Finland right on the borders 
of Russia within the Soviet Union. He said, no, they believe there are different people. The people have voted. And so he allowed Finland to go. It's called the, the, the policy of national self-determination. Well, these four provinces in Ukraine are having a referendum. And I believe they voted. This is all news happening in real time to become their own nation and potentially even become part of Russia. Okay. Now, immediately when this was undergoing, the scumbag Pierre Trudeau says, oh, we won't recognize this referendum. It's bogus. It's all controlled by Russia. Um, Macron said the same thing. So all the Western powers and the group, you know, members of the National Security Council of the United Nations are not even supporting the right of their own people to determine their rights to national self-determination. And if you read the media right now, it's all Putin's forcing this, Putin's forcing this. If Putin wanted to force this, he could have done something back in the 90s, back in early 2000. If anything, you have to say that the Russian uh, and Putin have been very, very reserved because they didn't want to cause World War III. And we're at this point because NATO, backed by the United States and UK, have been goading the bear. So right in, in Putin's speech yesterday, it was a very long speech. And by the way, I simply attempted this morning to attempt to share Putin's speech through a link. And Facebook wouldn't allow me to share that speech. It was at a website that had his speech. Maybe they didn't like the website. I'm not sure why. But they didn't even allow me to share the full speech. And many of the reports in the U.S. press don't even give you a link to the full speech, which is fascinating. They're just giving you elements of it and they're twisting it. But in that speech, what Putin said is, hey, look, Russia has this history. The people on the east, in fact, Ukraine was always part of Russia. There were some mistakes made during the, the 1917 period because of the Brest-Litzvok Treaty, which was a treaty that was signed between Russia and Germany to, to have peace, that some compromises were made, that people who were part of Russia were forced to be separated into these territories. Okay, so he gives this whole background and he says, if you go back to the concept of national self-determination, these people want to be part of their own republic and want to feel more allied with Russia and they do not support Nazism. And so he said, essentially, in this speech, Putin drew a, 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 a the line in the sand. He said he asked the parliament of Russia to recognize these republics. And that Russia is not going to bluff anymore that they will actually use tactical nuclear weapons if they start getting bombed anymore. You see, Russia doesn't have enough ground forces to, to beat NATO. They don't. So they've been very, very reticent. But recently, China and North Korea said they will also offer ground forces. So now it's much more of an equal war, which means the only way out of this for the U.S. and NATO is to do first right strike with tactical nuclear weapons or nuclear weapons. And in my opinion, this is what NATO and U.S. have wanted. They've wanted to start a nuclear war. Why? Well, all of this is in coincidence with what's going on right now with the Fed rate hike. OK, the elites, the quote unquote pandemic pandemic was unleashed by them. 
which it never should have done. Our movement in 2019 said there was no reason for lockdowns. No one else called it at that time. And they released this pandemic, which essentially set, shut down supply chains. They, Trump, Obama, all these people, uh, and Biden, all of them, put so much money out there to create a false economy. All that money went to banks, which propped up the stock market. It never went to truly working people. So now you have supply chain issues. You have high inflation in the United States. And the elites are trying to work very, very hard to try to save this economy. So right now they're increasing interest rates. If you go listen to my talk yesterday, I gave you the dynamics of what that means. But their goal in increasing interest rates is to put the brake on the economy, reduce demand, which will create more unemployment in the United States and trickle to Europe and so on, okay? So ultimately the goal is they know that there is a serious downturn in the economy coming. And if you look at the history of all elites in any country, whenever they know there's going to be potential problems from in their own countries, they go start a war. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Conditioning everyone for a war. So that's what we're seeing right now. So Putin's speech is very, very important. I have a meeting coming up in a couple of minutes, but in closing, Putin's speech is very important because he's basically drawing a line in the sand, which perhaps Russia should have done in 1992, 94, so on, et cetera. But they were hoping people would be reasonable and they would sign the Minsk II agreement and we would avert all this. But when you look at this very logically, it's clear that certain people want a war. They already got one with Ukraine. They've done an economic downturn. And ultimately, the net of this is working people, whether you're in the United States, whether you're in Britain, whether you're in India, whether you're in Russia, whether you're in China, are the ones who will be affected. The elites always make sure they're fine, right? They know how to, you know, buy low, sell high on all these downturns, right? Because they create the economic cycles, as I talked about in a previous video. So what I want to encourage all of you to recognize is that the media right now, if you go, if you happen to go get Putin's speech and you read it and you put that side by side with every idiotic U.S. media, you'll see the utter propaganda that is taking place right now. And it's a propaganda like was done before World War One and World War Two. Britain is the masters of this to rile up everyone. In the case of World War One, they riled up everyone that Kaiser Wilhelm II was like, you know, the devil incarnate. And that was used to start the World War One and to bring the United States into it, okay? In this case, Putin is being set up as Satan, you know, incarnate, and to essentially distract the working people of all over the world from the economic situation that's occurring uh, in those countries. In closing, what I want to recommend everyone to do is go to vashiva.com. I have to take this other meeting. I could do more on this. And I recommend all you guys to recognize that we have created now a movement. We have created a framework, a system at truthfreedomhealth.com, which is a system for everyone to understand, to think beyond left and right, beyond pro and anti. So you can see the interconnections of why freedom is under attack all over the world, censorship with using the big tech companies. 
And this affects truth because without freedom, you can't get the real truth out. And this is going to affect all of our health. And I recommend everyone go um, tomorrow mor uh, morning at 11 a.m. Thursday. And every we do this every Thursday at 8 p.m. You can RSVP at vhshiva.com slash orientation. We do a open house. Everyone's uh, welcome to come there where we really talk about how to build the movement for truth, freedom, and health. And those of you who like this talk, you can contribute to support our movement. And by the way, when you contribute, you can, you'll get all these great gifts. You'll learn how to think from a systems perspective so you don't get caught in this nonsense. So you can go to truthfreedomhealth.com or vashiva.com slash join. Contribute because you're supporting the research, the analysis we do. But when you contribute, you can become, you get all the education of system science. You get to become a truth, freedom, and health warrior. If you don't want to contribute 100 or more, or 25 to 99, then you can become a supporter. Or if you don't have any money, just join as a member and you still get access to a lot. Our intention here is to not sell you anything, but to make it very accessible so people can really learn the science of systems to think beyond left and right. Every analysis we give here is always um, predicts the future, where it's going. And I'm telling you right now, we all have to take a, a systems approach to understanding what's going on in the world. Otherwise, you will be used. And the media is essentially manipulating people. Let me end with this video, and I wish everyone well. Be the light. Um, look forward to seeing you guys later on. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. Okay. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders we don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, 
Forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on Vias and Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. Before I close, I'd be remiss in not letting you guys know that we have a new website that's launched, truthfreedomhealth.com. Please go visit it because what we've created here is really a system. The website says, get educated or be enslaved. The man who invented email now delivers a truth, freedom, and health system to make you street smart so you may see things as they truly are beyond left versus right, pro versus anti, and improve every aspect of your life, your body, your relationship, your business, and your world. What this is, is a online university. It's an online community. It's an online educational portal. And it took me 50 years to literally put all this knowledge of system science together. By the way, the elites in the world learn the science of systems. The science of systems is like a knife, just like a surgeon can use a knife to save life or a criminal can use to harm people. The science of systems is what about 10,000 elites all over the world learn at places like MIT, Harvard, Kennedy School of Government. And they've been using that science to manipulate the world's population. 
to subjugate them, to manipulate them, to enslave them. Now, I learned that knowledge, integrated it with ancient systems of science and put together a curriculum in such a format that all of you can learn this so you can actually start to think. If you don't learn this approach, the elites have nuclear weapons of knowledge and we're walking around with bows and arrows like the Native Americans and that's where we're at. And I recognize this, so I put this together. I used to teach this all over the world. People used to pay me tens of thousands of dollars. And then I, that was one piece. We created the books. Um, we created tools that you can use as science to help your body, your health. We created ways that you can also uh, get information about food and other things from a systems approach. You get events and lectures as this is showing here. But fundamentally, um, this is an entire framework. And we created tools here. Let me go to this bigger diagram. We created tools here that will allow you to communicate independent of big tech, our TV tool, our social tool, our forum, but you also get access to amazing warrior community all over the world. So I wanna encourage all of you to contribute to this system, to this movement, okay? Because where we're at right now is most people are in this world of ignorance. They're being manipulated into division, desperation or complacency because they are not taught to see the whole. The science of systems allows you to get wisdom and clarity, but most importantly, you start getting active, you start talking to your neighbors, you get innovative, you start getting organized. And this is what's necessary. So these videos I do on a topic are always taking a systems approach and then encouraging you, as you notice, I say, hey, look, we have this truth from the health system, join it, and we've made it very, very accessible. I try to give it away for free, no one wanted to do it, you can't charge tens of thousands of dollars. No one can afford it. So we said, okay, contribute to it and you can get various parts of the system. And by the way, anyone who goes through the course, once you take it, you can give it to as many children as you want. Scholarship, so you can be a philanthropist, okay? So please go to truthfreedomhealth.com, contribute. This is your system, your movement to get truth, freedom and health, which is in direct opposition to the forces of power, profit and control. Anyway, thank you everyone. Um, be well. I'll see you shortly.